This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 166, Three Ways Your Apartment Can Make You Successful in the U.S. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz, coming to you from Arizona and Boston, USA. In this episode, Dr. Ann Copeland joins us to share her research about a home's effect on relationships and happiness when you go abroad. Listen in for her tips on choosing the right home for your family when you're in a new country. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, Aubrey. Uh, what's your house like? What's the layout of your home? Random mm. question. <laughs> it is interesting to think about, though, right? Mm -hmm. It's a two-story home. Okay. And um, I was actually just talking to Jessica about this because in mm -hmm. Arizona, it's pretty expensive to cool a home with air conditioning. Oh, and now that we have a two-story home with tall ceilings, it's so it's even more. It's like oh. I didn't think about that when I bought this home. Yes. The air conditioning bill bill. Ugh. Well, you it's always hot there in Arizona, right? So you mm -hmm. really you've just gotta crank that AC. And by the yeah. way, guys, as a bonus for today, before we get into it, native speakers call air conditioning AC, right? Yep. AC. Exactly. <laughs> a slash C. And I loved that verb to crank it. Crank that air conditioning crank to turn it way up. Because it <laughs> is, it's so hot out. You need lots of AC. Man, the sun can really bake your house. Yeah. So do you think that the layout of your home sort of affects your mindset or anything else in your daily experience? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it does affect sort of family relationships. And we're going to get into this. I'm very excited about our guest today, Dr. Yeah. Ann Copeland. And she talks about this a little. So you guys are going to hear a deep dive on this. But mm -hmm. I have found that our house, because... Um, it's more spread out. It's nice that everyone has their privacy in their own space, but it lends less toward us spending time together and being because there's not like one central meeting place, right? Oh, wow. Interesting. So I just want to let you know, you know, before we go into some clips from Anne, I want to let you know who she is and what she does, right? Again, like we've said, she studies what makes international professionals successful when they live abroad and families as well. Her research study was called at Home Abroad, where she looked at 130 people living in 48 different countries to see how the changes in the physical layout of their home affected their happiness and their relationships. So yes, good. So interesting. She's going to uh, share tips about how international professionals and families can mm -hmm. set up their family to be successful based on the home they choose when they're yeah. abroad. And I really like Anne's work because she's a true interculturalist. She's been doing this work for years, well before anyone knew what interculturalist was, right? Ooh. Well before that was even a thing. She was ahead of her time. Mm -hmm. And she's a scientist. You know, 
she does work based on quantitative studies as well as qualitative studies. So she really has a lot of experience and wealth of knowledge to share here. Interesting. Oh, you're reminding me of my master's thesis talking about qualitative and quantitative. <laughs> Just to give you guys a little insight into that, for qualitative, it's it's numbers, right? Something yes. we can really track and data. And then quantitative is more the meaning of things and mm. something that's a little harder to count, to track, and not quite so numbers-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think we kind of need both to get a good study. Yeah, what do you think? Definitely. I agree. I'm excited to hear more about this study she did. So let's hear how she decided to conduct, conduct that research. Okay, let's get into it. I thought I'd share with you some of the findings of a research study that I did. Excellent. It's called At Home Abroad. Okay. And it was based on um, information that I got from 130 people living in one of 48 countries. They were from... 24 different countries. So it was quite international. I heard from people all over the world. I got interested in this um, topic about how changes in a home affect family relationships. One one time, a couple of years ago, I had two teenage daughters, Mm -hmm. and their job was to clear the table after dinner and fill up the dishwasher. <laughs> okay. And then we had it all worked out, and it all worked pretty smoothly. But one day, I bought some new cereal bowls. Uh-huh. And these cereal bowls didn't fit in the dishwasher the way the old ones did. In fact, five or six of them filled up the whole top of the dishwasher. Oh. And the ripple effects of this were so many. It was so funny to me. Suddenly, they couldn't run the dishwasher after dinner and so the dishes didn't get done and so they started to blame each other and oh, so no. wow. we had to reorganize our whole family <laughs> because we got five new cereal bowls and I started to think man when people move to a new country mm-hmm. think of all the changes in in typical architecture that they encounter yeah. I started to think about my friends uh, around the world who suddenly have more space or less space or shared bedrooms or living on two floors. And and so that's, that was the basis of wanting to do this research. Oh, that's really interesting to think about how homes are really different around the world, right? Even in the United States, like apartments in New York city are very different than like ranch style homes here in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, we should get a little vocabulary going here, right? So we have ranch style. Um, are we talking about the salad dressing or what are we talking yeah, about here? Right? <laughs> no, yeah, a ranch style home is very common in the United States where it's a, a one level home and mm-hmm. then it's a little, a bit sprawling, which means you're going to cover more land um, because it's they're bigger homes that need the space, but they don't want to make a second level because again, it gets too hot upstairs. You have ah. to spend so much more to cool it. So they have these okay. ranch style homes that'll be um, very sprawling. Interesting. I mean, we could get into so many vocabulary words, bungalow, townhouse, condo. There's so much that we could go into, right, when Mm -hmm. it comes to homes and housing. Um, So ranch, but several levels versus ranch style. That's kind of the main difference we're talking about here, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so when I moved to Belgium, I was fascinated because they had a home, but because it was right in the middle of the city in Brussels, it was like, eight floors and they just mm-hmm. sort of had a spiral staircase going oh. up the middle of it. Eight and floors? Yes. Whoa. Because it was in, it, like looking at it from the outside, it looked like an apartment building. 
going up, but it was one home. And a lot of the homes in that area were like that. And some of them were divided where each floor would be its own apartment. But then some of them were a home where all of these different floors were part of the home. So it's just so interesting how different that was from anything I had experienced before that. I think it's, this is really interesting because I think it's such a human thing to want to see people set up. Like I remember when when we were (laughs) looking for a home in Denver, I loved just going into the houses and seeing how everything is arranged, the layouts, the different, where's the bathroom, what's the second bedroom. I just found it really interesting. And sometimes, you know, at night I'll find myself like looking into homes as I'm walking. Does that sound creepy? No. (laughs) So interesting. Just just looking in the windows. To see how people are set up, right? You know, it's, I think it's a really, it's because it's about our shelter. I think it comes back to evolutionary times, the way we think as human beings, you know? Oh, maybe. It is interesting. And even though there are websites like Zillow, where you can see yeah. photos of a home. It's not the same as I'm yeah. not able to really visualize a floor plan mm. unless I'm in the home and can see it. Or yes. like you said, from the street, I can see in your windows. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So let's get into a bit more from Anne on how she set up her study. So I set out to learn from the real experts in, in this area, which of course are the people who are doing the moving themselves. Right. So I, I, um, this is an internet survey Okay. study that I did, and I asked people um, a lot of questions about, these were all people who were living in a new country for them, mm-hmm. or expatriates, mm-hmm. and I asked them about their new house's layout and design, and I told them that I was interested in what, if anything, made a difference in um, their settling in process and their assessment of their new lives. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I was just up front with them. I said to them, sometimes a change in a home has an impact on how families and couples interact with each other. So do you have any examples of that? For sure. For example, maybe somebody, everyone used to have their own computer and TV, Uh, and now they only have one. This is what one person said. Yeah, that's a good example. Suddenly they were all gathering in the kitchen, and she was seeing her teenage kids more often. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe now they have a lot more space and yeah. everyone is in their own room. And so suddenly they don't see each other very often. Mm. So they, they wrote wonderful things. It was really interesting. Um, and as a psychologist, I got interested in coding from their responses, something that family psychologists call centrifugal and centripetal forces. Okay. You know, centrifugal forces when you put water in the bucket right. and you spin it around and around your head and the water yeah. doesn't come out of the bucket. It's, okay. It's uh, pushed against the back of the bucket. Okay. Well, in a family or a, in a house, a house that pushes people away from each other, mm. we call centrifugal. Ooh, so interesting. If, if houses have suddenly more space, separate rooms, more computers, more TVs, things that push the family members away from each other, mm. I coded that as centrifugal. Okay. And then the opposite of that is centripetal with a P. Mm-hmm. And so those are home features that bring families together. Maybe a one big kitchen living room area, so everyone's really in the same room. Right. Um, an attractive outdoor sitting area that everybody loves. So suddenly the teenagers and the little kids and the parents are all spending more time together. Ah. So that's what I was, so this is one of the findings that I found. People described this. They didn't know, of course, they didn't use that vocabulary, but they 
were describing this kind of difference in their home. And what I found was that the people who described their houses as pulling themselves, pulling their family members in, that is centripetal Mm -hmm. forces, um, even if they complained about them, they were happier on the assignment, they liked their homes more, they said they'd choose the same home again. On all of my measures, they were the ones who were happier than the ones who described their homes as pushing family members When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what an interesting concept, right? If your house Mm. is centripetal or centrifugal. Never thought about that. Gosh, new vocabulary words. Let's define those two. So do we know what this means? Yeah, she (laughs) described it there really well in detail. I loved how she used that visual of water in a bucket. Mm. And if it gets pushed toward the outside or if it's getting pulled inside, that determines the force, right? So she's talking about how one, right, centrifugal pushes Mm -hmm. people away from each other. That's how my house is, unfortunately. Yeah, people want to be in their space because it's comfortable and they have privacy and and then we're not really getting pushed toward a central um, area like would happen in a centripetal home. Yeah, this is important to think about when we go to build a home, right? It's important to kind of think through this. I don't think Mm. we think about this when we buy homes. I think we think a lot about open floor plans, Mm -hmm. you know, new kitchen, new bathrooms, but not so much about where's going to be the focal point and how is the family going to come together. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And growing up, we we did have, I guess, what you would call more of a centripetal home where we had like one main living area. Mm-hmm. So if we were all, we're, that's where we were going to be. If we were watching a movie or playing a game, because that was the space that fit us all and was comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's one advantage to not having a lot of open space. Mm, interesting. But what happens if you put a TV in that space versus not putting a TV in that space? That's an mm, interesting That concept. is a good question, right? <laughs> but I, I think we would have spent time there regardless because often, sometimes we did watch movies, but often we were playing a game in yeah. that space, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe depends mm-hmm. on the family if if you what you choose to do when you're together. Are you always going to throw on a movie or are there other things you would want to do together? Yeah, so true. And Anne did drop a term right here, which was expatriates. And we said this earlier, right? We talked about, was, was that a different episode we mentioned? Yeah, we talked about this a few <laughs> episodes ago, how we yeah. usually say expats, but mm-hmm. every now and then you'll hear someone say the, the long version of that word, expatriates. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that just means someone who is not living currently in mm-hmm. the their home country, right? Yeah. Key so, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, this could be you guys right now or at some point in your life. And I think this is so key to think about what type of home do you want while oh you're living gosh. abroad? A hundred percent. All right. So I'm excited, Aubrey, to get into Anne's next tip about what to look for when you're choosing a home, right? Yes. This is how we can you know, play a role in this setup. That yeah, we, we can make a difference with what we're looking for. Yeah, let's hear that. When you're choosing your home, think about how your family likes to interact with each other and will right. this home facilitate that? Okay. Where will Excellent people sit? Point. Where are you going to sit in the evening? Who will have an easy time 
talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. The, the amount of privacy be good or bad. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting thinking about, you know, an international family coming to the United States who has kids in school. Do you want a main gathering room as a key to maintain that relationship? Because otherwise it's true. People get busy doing their own things and you might not ever see your kids. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You need the perfect balance because eventually kids are getting older. They become teenagers. They do need privacy. But then I guess you do want the house to kind of, in a way, like encourage people together. Like the default, like you said, your childhood home. Maybe the default was that one room. Maybe it's sometimes better if houses are a little smaller. I don't know. know? There's several reasons that houses should be smaller. I agree. (laughs) Not clear. Cleaning as much. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, this is interesting. She just had an interesting discovery through this research about how what you unpack first and, and settling in, how that relates to oh, happiness. Yeah. Cool. So let's hear that. I asked people um, what they did when they first moved to, to settle in. And there was a long list of, you know, unpacking boxes and <laughs> okay. up their computers and all those things. Yeah. And then I... I compared that to how quickly they felt settled and how well-adjusted their mental health. I had a quick mental health measure and Mm -hmm. how loyal they felt to their employer. And, of course, it won't be too surprising to you, but there were some things that were more important than others Mm -hmm. in settling in. And Mm -hmm. meeting neighbors was one of the most interesting. More important than unpacking the iron, for example. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Another thing that this, and this is a very practical tip. I found it in three or four of my different research studies. People who hang their family photographs and artwork on their walls quickly say that they're happier. This really makes sense to me, right? Because once you make it personal, it feels lived in. It feels like your own. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. I My freshman year in college, my parents helped me move down to my dorm and I went to Virginia, which was far away from where I grew up. And my dad always teased me that the very first thing I had to do before I even like, you know, made the bed or set up my desk was put my tennis posters on the wall, right? I had to <laughs> like declare this is me. I'm a tennis player. And, you know, just, and he always teased me about that, but there is something about identity and family and just making it your space, right? right? You're marking your territory, right? And then you feel yeah. comfortable. You feel at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this one final tip she's going to share is for any of you who are looking at changing homes, whether that's in the country where you live now, or if you're thinking about moving abroad, this applies to everyone. So let's hear that. I think it's just to be very thoughtful about, on the one hand, you want to look for a home that you think will be just right for you. And at the same time, you have to be very flexible because, Mm -hmm. you know, you may live in a suburb in New Jersey and you're moving to Paris and maybe you're going to live in an apartment in downtown. So it may be not exactly like what you've had before. Okay. Um, but if you can think more abstractly about what's important to you and your family and how you live oh. uh, and, and, and compare the homes that you're considering against that list. Yeah. Uh, this is smart, right? Be flexible. Well, it's interesting. So she's saying, you know, don't just necessarily look exactly for what you've had in your home country, right? Right. Um, be flexible. It might be very different what works. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, even if in the U.S., let's say we move from L.A. to New York, 
You're not going to want to get a, a huge home in New York because no one spends any time at home. People don't entertain at home in New York. Yeah. Unless you I have, have a, like a townhouse on Madison Avenue. Mm, you don't. Right. You're just out <laughs> all the time. Whereas in LA, they have more ranch style and maybe they have people over in the backyard, mm-hmm. right? A lot more entertaining at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we first moved to New York City, we got a two bedroom apartment, which we were mm-hmm. thinking was tiny coming from yeah. our three bedroom Ooh. home. Ooh, and then we big. realized it was <laughs> more space than we needed and more space than most of the people we knew had. We had had two kids, but all these other people we knew who had two kids would use the living room as their bedroom yes. and the one bedroom as the room for the kids. And it was yes. so much cheaper. So we downsized. Mm-hmm. We moved down the hall into Holy. a one bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that's that is New York life. That yep. was what we always did in New York with my roommates. Uh, someone always slept in the living room, and that was just how you made it work. You know, yeah. that's New York because again, you're not really having people over. Right. Exactly. You're going out to to a wine bar or you're going out for dinner. You're just never home. Yeah. So you have to think about, you know, are you going to be entertaining? And if not, you do not want to be paying for yeah. an entertaining space. You just need a place where you can sleep and you can entertain <laughs> elsewhere. I love this has been so cool. I love that Anne or Dr. Copeland has taken these ideas and turned it into useful information about going abroad. It's yes. so good. Thank you for joining us on this podcast, Anne. And Mm -hmm. for a takeaway for you guys, if you're moving to a new city, a new country, these are things you want to think about, right? Privacy, but also where's your family going to meet? Where are you going to spend time together? I love it. So good. Guys, make sure you go ahead and hit follow on All Ears English if you don't want to miss any more awesome interviews or episodes from us. And go and check out Anne Copeland online. You could probably find her on LinkedIn. Um, she is also the founder of the Interchange Institute. So you can type that into Google. And she does some training up in Boston for you know intercultural companies, people who are moving their workers across cultures. So get awesome. to know that a bit more. Yeah, yeah so cool. Thanks for uh, chatting today. Lindsay. And thank you, Dr. Copeland, for your time for this awesome interview. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Aubrey, I'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.